It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, be sure to check out our merchandise store, onthefinside.threadless.com. What an interesting game today. Right before the game, Ryan Tannehill is announced as an inactive player. And Brock Osweiler gets the start. The Dolphins go on to win the game in overtime with Ryan Tannehill as an inactive. The Dolphins go up seven to nothing in the first half, and then at the beginning of the second half, it looks like more of the same kind of thing. The Bears score 21 points in nine minutes. The Dolphins end up going into overtime, and Jason Sanders outduels former Dolphin. Cody Parkey to get the Dolphins to four and two. Paul, your overall reactions to this game. What a goddamn game it was. I mean, it started off kind of boring overall. I mean, it looked like Miami was going to grind it out on the ground for the most part. Nice to see that Cody Parkey could win us another game from the opposing sideline like he did with the Browns a couple years ago. But, you know, it was an exciting game, full of twists and turns. It was heartbreaking seeing Kenny Drake fumble at the goal line there in overtime and what could have won it. But you know what? It was a gritty, tough win. And I have to say, in the fourth quarter, I'm sitting there watching, and I looked at my father and I said, they really need to get Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant involved. Why aren't they doing that? I'm so tired of them not doing that. And then all of a sudden, like an Alzheimer's patient who suddenly remembers that they're good, Gase finally gets them involved. We need to see more of that throughout the game at this point. They're really exciting players that add another dimension to this offense. And I'm tired of, you know, you look back at the Raiders game, they didn't get them involved till late and suddenly pulled away. I'm tired of waiting to get them involved. Let's start getting them involved early and get games well in hand rather than using them as our catch-up players. I think you said it exactly right. I mean, Brock Osweiler had 380 yards, but the reality of it is (laughs) Albert Wilson had about 130 of those yards on dump-off passes that he took to the house that made the difference in the game. So Brock Osweiler overall – one of the biggest fantasy football darlings of this game, 380 yards passing, but a lot of them on dump-off passes. Then again, uh, on the other side of it, the argument's going to be throughout the week among Dolphins fans. Is Brock Osweiler, based on this game and based on this performance against the top-rated defense in the league, is he a better fit for this team? I'll make it simple. No. I mean, it's, it's how frankly can I put it here? It's Bravo for Brock coming in and playing an okay game. You know, he, he still missed receivers proved he cannot throw a deep ball to save his life. And yeah, Miami does need to do a little bit more of the pump and dumps, but in reality, it's, he's not, it's Tannehill is a better quarterback overall and all around. I mean, it was painful watching Osweiler try to run. I think it was more a byproduct of the skill players around him stepping up in this game. Don't get me wrong. He did a few things as far as taking command of the offense at the line of scrimmage that I did like seeing out of him. But push comes to shove. Tannehill is the quarterback for this team, at least for this season. I know he's had a rough couple of weeks. 
reports about the shoulder injury actually go back to it being something that occurred while they were playing against New England. So that could explain a little bit of the past two weeks. So Tannehill gets healthy. He is still the Dolphins' best chance this season to win games. Whether you're a big Tannehill fan or not, he is still their best chance for this season. I'm definitely with you right there. I mean, even though Brock Osweiler threw threw for 380 yards, there's nowhere to go with Osweiler as far as the long term is concerned. Ryan Tannehill has to be either the quarterback of this team moving forward or not the quarterback. But the Dolphins are 4-2, and and good for Brock Osweiler for doing that. Overall, what would you grade Brock Osweiler and the quarterback spot here? It seems weird because he did throw for 380 yards in this game. He did throw for, I believe it was three touchdowns off the top of my head. And he also threw for two interceptions that were pretty bad. And most of the yardage came off pump and dumps. But he came in and managed the game well as the backup quarterback. So I will give him an A minus, but I still don't I'm still not gonna say that he is the answer over Tannehill. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with a B plus for those same reasons. I, I mean it it's just pointless for him to ever be that solution over Tannehill because he's not going to be. Overall, good for Brock Osweiler for throwing for 380 yards against one of the best defenses in the league here. Running back, Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake, absolute monsters in this game in terms of yards per carry. 28 carries for 158 yards, 5.64 yards a carry. Frank Gore, it, it seems like every time, Paul, he gets the ball, Frank Gore puts his head into the ground and gets five, six, seven yards. I mean, it, it keeps getting better every single time. Kenyon Drake, obviously, the thing with him, fumbling at the one-yard line in overtime. I mean, <laughs> you had two people between Osweiler and Drake who could have walked the ball into the end zone, and they didn't make it happen. But still, Kenyon Drake catches a pass in overtime, jukes out, Roquan Smith, who we were very high on for the Dolphins to be that that first-round pick until the Bears took him at eight. But great game there from from Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. But even how embarrassing it was for Kenyon Drake, he came back and and redeemed himself there. I'm going to give the running backs an A-2. I'm going to go with an A here for these guys. A lot of the reasons that you said, but also I really liked what I saw out of both of them. And I saw a lot of folks were screaming that it should have been Gore's carry there at the goal line. Obviously, those folks weren't watching Gore there at the very end of that series. At the end of that series, he pretty well took himself out. He was beat down, exhausted, falling apart, could barely lift his head to take a sip of water on the sidelines. It was the right play to go to Kenyon Drake. It just turned out badly. I mean, you can second guess it all you want. It was really a great play by Hicks from from the Bears, but... Given the fact that the the most rushing yards Chicago allowed this year was 64 going into this game in Miami, more than doubled that, and looked like they could really just dominate their will in this game as far as that goes, uh, that that speaks volumes, and it's easy for me to give these guys an A, even though that could have been a very, very costly fumble in overtime. I'll throw it back to you on the uh, receivers and tight ends. Oh, God, I love this game for them. I mean... Devontae Parker still an absolute lazy jackass in his limited opportunities. I, I really hope Miami can find a trade partner for him. I love that after we talked it up heavily last week, you know, reports started to surface that they were shopping him. I hope they find somebody. I really do. I'll take 
anything for him at this point. He doesn't add anything of value for me. I mean, the good is far outweighed by the bad, no matter how good the good really is. But Albert Wilson continued to prove why he's a stud. I know I said it earlier. He needs to be in there a bit longer. I really love the diamond in the rough find in Nick O'Leary at tight end. I really do. He just continues to make gritty, tough plays. There's nothing nothing special about him, but he still makes the plays, and I love watching that. I mean, he's, he's one of those everyman heroes that you can't help but love watching play. Uh, it was great seeing him hurdle somebody. I mean, just it was great seeing him get that first touchdown. I mean, as, as I put it, as soon as he scored, you know, Osweiler to, to O'Leary, exactly how we all pictured it three weeks ago. I can't say enough good about the receivers other than I want to see Grant and Wilson be more involved. And by the way, dynamite heads up play by Kenny Stills on that deflected pass there towards the end. I mean, that was, yeah, that, that was, that was something saver. else. <laughs> reminiscent was... of the 85 bears game. I mean, completely yeah. reminiscent of the 85 bears game. I, I was laughing watching it. Yeah. I mean, and so you, so you had Kenny Stills, even though he's been invisible, he he did catch that deflected pass, and Albert Wilson just catch catches the ball and turns it upfield for two giant gains. I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks between between the Raiders and these two big catches here. Albert Wilson is on pace now for almost 1,200 yards and 75 catches. I mean, if if they can dump the ball off all the time to Albert Wilson. Then, then they should continue to do that. And Nick O'Leary, I'll, I'll go a step further in what you said. He is a fantastic blocker, and mm-hmm. in doing that, it, it just rolling out the quarterback rolling out and just and just finding him all the time on when he is also blocking too. So very good performance here from the receiving unit overall. I'm going to give them I'm going to give them an A minus. I'm right there with you on that. I mean, and, and we haven't really mentioned Danny Amendola. But he had a hell of a game in this one too. Definitely served as a big security blanket for for Osweiler in this one. So more power to him. And and you, we can't discount the body control that still showed on that two point conversion to keep his feet in bounds. You bet. And Amendola eight catches, fifty nine yards. All of them important right there inside the slot. In terms of the offensive line, I'll tell you what, Khalil Mack. We were talking about him all week, and Khalil Mack. This is the first game that he did not have a sack this year and the credit goes to Laramie Tunzel and it goes goes to Juwan James and I'll repeat what I said uh, over the last couple of weeks if you don't keep these two bookend tackles there at the offensive tackle spot for the next five to five to seven years I don't know what you were doing in addition to that in the middle of the offensive line I thought Akeem Hicks was going to be a big problem for the Bears against the Dolphins, but that was not a big problem either. I mean, this offensive line showed up to play today. I mean, 5.7 yards of carry from the running backs, and Khalil Mack does not – you barely heard his name mentioned at all. I mean, I can't say enough about how this offensive line performed. I'm going to give them an A- minus as well. I'm giving them a solid A. I mean, on top of what you said, as the game wore on, you saw them sending defensive linemen, including Khalil Mack, to the sideline beaten and battered and there were a couple of times I saw plays I can't remember who it was on but there was a, a bootleg pass where Gasicki stayed in to block and kind of blew his block and then Juwan James came over and straight destroyed the guy coming off the Gasicki block I mean more and more I loved what I saw out, out of this offensive line today they beat them up 
not just in the pass game, but in the run game as well. And absolutely solid play from the offensive line here, especially given the issues we've been dealing with. And just for sanity's sake, I'm just going to have a little moment of silence here for Sam Young, who's a great guy, but a terrible football player and left the team before this game. So goodbye, Sam Young. Yeah, I mean, Sam Sam Young is a great guy, but not getting the job done on the field. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball, Paul. For the second week in a row, the Bengals and the Bears were shut out on offense. And it, it seems like that third quarter, the Dolphins start to creak a little bit and then things start to tip the other way. We kind of got that feeling in this game too. But, I mean, if, if you look in that third quarter, over a span of nine minutes, the Bears scored 21 points. A lot of that was because of Tariq Cohen and how big of a matchup problem that he caused there. But as far as the defensive line is concerned, you know, I, I was not a big fan of what they did in this game. I mean, Robert Quinn, again, comes out in the first quarter, provides a very good pass rush. And, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to get a pass rush from the other side. I mean, Cameron Wake was not in this game. Charles Harris was not in this game. William Hayes is out for the year. Jonathan Woodard did have a sack. But other than that, not a lot of pressure. So this defensive line did not do it for me today. So I'm going to give them a C plus. I'm going to go with a B. I mean, the third quarter, they did wear down a little bit, but that was also during a stretch of time where, where Brock couldn't keep the offense on the field. So I can't fully fault them for that. I mean, Tariq Cohen, yeah, he was a matchup nightmare uh, throughout the day. But really, I mean, you look at the play of guys like Vincent Taylor in this game. Vincent Taylor took yet another big, massive mammoth of a man stride forward in this one. I mean, if he keeps improving like he does every week, I can't wait to see the player that we've got at the end of the year. And Miami's going to have a good problem in figuring out how to resign him when it's time. Because if he keeps improving like he is, he's going to be one of the best defensive tackles in football, hands down. I mean, he had a mammoth sack in this game. He was all over the field. And he took a bad angle on one play, but I'm not going to discount him on that one. But, yeah, I mean, Miami's going without Cam Wake. And there was an odd thing I noticed, and I thought it was just me until I saw more and more people commenting on it. The Bears line was moving early in this game, repeatedly. And it was really, really, really odd to me. Uh, but I saw the line also make a lot of good reads on a lot of attempted screen passes in this game and really disrupt the screen game for Chicago, which really took a dimension away for Trubisky. So I can easily go B for these guys on this one. I'm going to throw it back to you for the uh, linebackers. Well, they did struggle to cover Cohen. That's for damn sure. But Kiko had another monster game, forced a fumble. Uh, you know, Jerome Baker, not his best game, but he had some key plays in this one. And I thought Rake McMillan looked more solid yet again in this one, finally. So it, it's I can go with a B for that unit as well. I mean, they shut out the Bears in the first half, not so much in the second half, but that was, again, a lot of attributable to Tariq Cohen. And really, I thought they did a good job in this game. It wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, Kiko continues to impress. And I like what I see out of the young kids. I just want to see him develop a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to stick with you on on the B as well. I mean, I, I tend to like this linebacker unit more and more and more each week. I mean, Raekwon is more active. 
from sideline to sideline. He has more speed than I thought that he had at the beginning of the year. Kiko Alonso is proof to me that I can change my opinion on any player at any time because he has last year he was an embarrassment. This year I think he has been a monster. You know, Jerome Baker has been hit and miss, but he does have a lot of speed. He covers a lot of, of running backs and, and tight ends all over the field. So I, I'm I'm overall impressed with this linebacker unit, but they did let let up a lot of yards to Tariq to uh, Tariq Cohen and to the wide receiver unit as well. So I'm going to go with the B2. As far as the uh, cornerbacks and safeties are concerned, the defensive back position, my biggest problem here is one player, and that is Tory McTire. I mean, I just it, – it kills me to sit there and watch this game and see Rashad Jones doing, a, doing his job – Watch T.J. McDonald single-handedly turn the tide of the game 14 points with what he did at the, uh, right there in the goal line. Xavier Howard plays well. Bobby McCain would play well if he was on the field. But Torrey McTire, I mean, Taylor Gabriel, Allen Robinson just absolutely ate his lunch in the second and third quarter. He, he completely drags the unit down for me, at least a full letter grade, but I'm hoping that that the Dolphins can get a better player on the field than him. They got Cordrea Tankersley out there on the field toward the end of the game. Didn't make a huge difference, but I'm going to overall give this unit a B. I'm going to go with a B-plus for them. I mean, T.J. McDonald, he did have some big plays that made up for it, but he also had some negative plays in this game. Uh, He had several missed tackles, a few blown coverages. So – the big play at the end did make up for it, but I can't fully forget about those early plays. Rashad Jones almost had another amazing interception in this game. Xavier Howard towards the end. I mean, it was funny because we were talking, watching the game about how you really hadn't heard his number called a lot. And my answer was like, well, that's because he's doing such a damn good job. And then he found ways to get his number called a lot. I mean, blowing up a couple of plays, sideline screen, Suddenly, towards the end of the game, he was one of the monsters that took over. Megan Fitzpatrick had another great game. I mean, he had a, one or two rough plays, but overall, he, he played phenomenally out there. And, yeah, Torrey McTire is getting picked on, but I think he played a lot of bend, don't break. There were a couple of plays where he was in the right position. It was just, as Dan Marino would say, perfectly thrown pass to a receiver beats perfect coverage. And, and that happened. I mean, so I can't fully discount him. But, again, he's not Bobby McCain, but he's not supposed to be. He's, you know, a fourth or fifth string defensive back. So, yeah, I can go with a B-plus for these guys. I thought they were a big part in the win today. And, finally, special teams. You know, for all we said about Cody Parkey and wanting to bring him back, Jason Sanders matched him toe for toe and ate his lunch. I mean, it – his Jason Sanders 50-yard field goal in the second second or third quarter. I mean, I I, I thought he could have made that from 70 yards. I mean, it was a fantastic yeah. kick, and n- not a lot of other things. I mean, I, the the special teams coverage was good. The 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 punt returns, the kick returns were, you know, n- not really not really one way or the other. 
but it, it really came down to Jay, to uh, to Parkey against Jason Sanders. Jason Sanders ended up winning that matchup, and kudos to the Dolphins for taking the cheaper route on that, getting a seventh round pick, having him nail these field goals. Kudos to Darren Rizzi too. I'm going to give this unit a B plus. Yeah, I'm going to stick with you on that, and, and for a lot of the reasons you said, the return game was non-factor. Uh, Sanders you know, continued to kick the ball into the end zone every time, and and it's funny you said 70 because that was the exact number I came up with. And after Chicago tried to ice him there in overtime, for him to kick it so spectacularly, solidly in the middle and right, you know, three quarters to most of the way up the uprights like no doubt whatsoever there was no watching the officials for the call you knew it was good and and i loved it i loved every second of that so bravo for jason sanders in this one and you know the the coverage units i thought did well so yeah i'm right there with you so who is your player of the game paul albert wilson easily i mean he could go to Frank Gore, could go to a couple of other guys, but Albert Wilson was a big factor once he started getting his number called in this game and really turned the tide for this team. I want to see more of him. I want to see him get more than like the 10 carries or 10 plays on the field that we've seen in a few of these games this year. I want to see him getting the 30-plus snaps in games along with Jakeem Grant. And what a phenomenal game for Albert Wilson. You know, we keep thinking it's his coming out party and then he has a better one. I can't wait till he gets the snaps that really do even more damage. Yeah, six catches for 155 yards again, makes two giant plays in this game. And the dolphins don't win. If he doesn't make those plays, I'm going to go with somebody I've been very critical about. And that's TJ McDonald. I mean, you look at the interception that Mitch Trubisky threw as well as the fumble that he caused on the one-yard line, that's legitimately at least a 14-point swing. So he gets my game ball on that. Who's your, uh, who's your jackass of the game? God, this one's tough. This one's really tough. I'm going to have to go with Mike Gesicki. Uh I mean, he got in there a decent amount. You wouldn't know it from anything at this point, but – he continued to whiff on blocks. He continued to not be a factor in the receiving game. And Nick O'Leary came in and made him look like a little puppy dog out there. So it's, you know, when, when Miami's grabbing somebody off the street to come in and outperform one of the highest touted tight ends in the draft and you don't respond to the call, there's a problem there. And Gasicki needs to get his, get his stuff straight. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And I'll tell you, Nick O'Leary, the player he reminds me of, this goes back about 15 to 20 years, Jed Weaver, where yeah. he got that touchdown from from uh, uh, Jay Fiedler in the last time the Dolphins won a playoff game in 2000 against the Indianapolis Colts. And so it was, Nick O'Leary, a very good blocker, one of the highest rated blockers a couple couple years ago from Pro Football Focus. My uh, my jackass of the game is going to be very easily Tory McTire. I mean, if the Dolphins have the opportunity to draft a player in the second or third round next year or sign a free agent, I think they should do that. Tory McTire, before this game, had 151 snaps in five games. 
and he played, I would bet, more than his average of 30 snaps per game in this one, too. You know, he's just not good enough. And it, even if he plays somewhat well, it's it's still not up to the standard that the Dolphins have. It's so frustrating to see four or five defensive backs doing their job for the Dolphins on the field. But McTire just isn't living up to that billing. So he's going to be my guy. But the Dolphins are 4-2 and two now. And when you look at the next couple of games, Paul, They've got the Lions next week in Miami. They've got the t- they've got a game at Houston that's a very easily winnable game, and they've got the Jets at home. I mean, this is what we talked about last week. It could be somewhat of a I'm not going to say an easy road, but going to six and three and or seven and two could could be very uh could could definitely happen here for the Dolphins. No, it's definitely a doable route to get the seven and two here. I mean, Miami's still got to show up and perform. Gase at some point has to watch the game film and go, wow, we look so much better when Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson are out there on the field catching the ball. And when we call running plays, hmm, wonder what we should do now. It, you know, he, he's got to look at it at some point and see that, you would think. I mean, he's this great football mind. Yeah, maybe he needs to get out of his own way to do so, but it, it needs to happen because – Miami can do some very special things with the skill position players that they have. They just need to do them. And the defense overall is playing well. I mean, if if we call this an off day for the defense, I'm okay with that. And they should be getting Cam Wake back soon. Uh, so that'll be a good thing for the defense. They really could go out and make this a 7-2 and two run and suddenly be very heavily in the playoff mix. Yeah, and that's just it. If the Dolphins get, when they get Cameron Wake and Bobby McCain back, those are two big additions to bring back to the defense. And a defense that is playing, that has been playing overall pretty well over the last couple of weeks, other than a few simple spots. That will do it for our breakdown of the Miami Dolphins win over the Chicago Bears in overtime, 31-28. to you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Also, check out our merchandise store as well on the finside.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be with the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.